The Diary of a Nobody by George and Weedon Grossmith, read for LibriVox.org, by Martin Clifton. Chapter 9 Our First Important Party Old Friends and New Friends Gowing is a little annoying, but his friend, Mr. Stillbrook, turns out to be quite amusing. Inopportune arrival of Mr. Perkup, but he is most kind and complimentary. Party a great success. November the 15th, a red-letter day, our first important party since we have been in this house. I got home early from the city, Lupin insisted on having a hired waiter, and stood a half a dozen of champagne. I think this is an unnecessary expense, but Lupin said he had had a piece of luck, having made three pounds out of a private deal in the city. I hope he won't gamble in his new situation. The supper-room looked so nice, and Carrie truly said, we need not be ashamed of its being seen by Mr. Perkup, should he honour us by coming. I dressed early in case people should arrive punctually at eight o'clock, and was much vexed to find my new dress-trousers much too short. Lupin, who is getting beyond his position, found a fault with my wearing ordinary boots instead of dress-boots. I replied satirically, My dear son, I have lived to be above that sort of thing. Lupin burst out laughing, and said, A man generally was above his boots. This may be funny, or it may not, but I was gratified to find he had not discovered the coral had come off one of my studs. Carrie looked a picture, wearing the dress she wore at the mansion-house. The arrangement of the drawing-room was excellent. Carrie had hung muslin curtains over the folding doors, and also over one of the entrances, for we had removed the door from its hinges. Mr. Peters, the waiter, arrived in good time, and I gave him strict orders not to open another bottle of champagne until the previous one was empty. Carrie arranged for some sherry and port wine to be placed on the drawing-room sideboard with some glasses. By the by, our new enlarged and tinted photographs look very nice on the walls, especially as Carrie has arranged some Liberty silk bows on the four corners of them. The first arrival was Gowing, who, with his usual taste, greeted me with, Hello, Pooter, why, your trousers are too short. I simply said, Very likely, and you will find my temper short also. He said, That won't make your trousers longer, Juggins, you should get your missus to put a flounce on them. I wonder I waste my time entering his insulting observations in my diary. The next arrivals were Mr. and Mrs. Cummings. The former said, As you didn't say anything about dress, I have come half-dress. He had on a black frock coat and a white tie. The James, Mr. Merton and Mr. Stillbrook arrived, but Lupin was restless and unbearable till his Daisy Mutlar and Frank arrived. Carrie and I were rather startled at Daisy's appearance. She had a bright crimson dress on, cut very low in the neck. I do not think such a style modest. She ought to have taken a lesson from Carrie, and covered her shoulders with a little lace. Mr. Knackles, Mr. Spryce Hogg, and his four daughters came. So did Franching, and one or two of Lupin's new friends, members of the Holloway Comedians. Some of these seemed rather theatrical in their manner, especially one who was posing all the evening, and leant on our little round table and cracked it. Lupin called him R. Henry, and said he was our lead at the H.C.'s. 
and was quite as good in that department as Frank Mutlar was as the low comedy merchant. All this is Greek to me. We had some music, and Lupin, who never left Daisy's side for a moment, raved over her singing of a song called Someday. It seemed a pretty song, but she made such grimaces, and sang to my mind so out of tune I would not have asked her to sing again. But Lupin made her sing four songs right off, one after the other. At ten o'clock we went down to supper, and from the way Gowing and Cummings ate, you would have thought they had not had a meal for a month. I told Carrie to keep coming back in case Mr. Perkup should come by mere chance. Gowing annoyed me very much by filling a large tumbler of champagne and drinking it straight off. He repeated this action, and made me fear our half-dozen of champagne would not last out. I tried to keep a bottle back, but Lupin got hold of it, and took it to the side-table with Daisy and Frank Mutlar. We went upstairs, and the young fellows began skylarking. Carrie put a stop to that at once. Stillbrook amused us with a song. What have you done with your cousin John? I did not notice that Lupin and Frank had disappeared. I asked Mr. Watson, one of the Holloways, where they were, and he said, It's a case of, oh, what a surprise! We were directed to form a circle, which we did. Watson then said, I have much pleasure in introducing the celebrated Blondin Donkey. Frank and Lupin then bounded into the room. Lupin had whitened his face like a clown, and Frank had tied round his waist a large hearthrug. He was supposed to be the donkey, and he looked it. They indulged in a very noisy pantomime, and we were all shrieking with laughter. I turned round suddenly, and then I saw Mr. Perkup standing halfway in the door, he having arrived without our knowing it. I beckoned to Carrie, and we went up to him at once. He would not come right into the room. I apologised for the foolery, but Mr. Perkup said, Oh, it seems amusing. I could see he was not a bit amused. Carrie and I took him downstairs, but the table was a wreck. There was not a glass of champagne left, not even a sandwich. Mr. Perkup said he required nothing, but would like a glass of seltzer or soda-water. The last siphon was empty. Carrie said, We have plenty of port wine left. Mr. Perkup said, with a smile, No, thank you, I really require nothing, but I am most pleased to see you and your husband in your own home. Good night, Mrs. Pooter. You will excuse my very short stay, I know. I went with him to his carriage, and he said, Don't trouble to come to the office till twelve to-morrow. I felt despondent as I walked back to the house, and I told Carrie I thought the party was a failure. Carrie said it was a great success, and I was only tired, and insisted on my having some port myself. I drank two glasses and felt much better, and we went into the drawing-room where they had commenced dancing. Carrie and I had a little dance, which I said reminded me of old days. She said I was a spoony old thing. End of chapter